Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we are talking about season seven, episode 16 of The Vampire Diaries, which is called Days of Future Past. And okay, that was definitely an episode. Look, I've been hurt on season seven. This actually feels like a really high stakes episode. Some really like big things happened, whereas most of season seven, it's been pretty... I don't know. I don't want to say boring. Yeah, a lot happened. You can't say stuff didn't happen in this one. We were up and down and all around. Yeah, it's a jam-packed episode. I will also say this is the end of the Reyna chapter. I was going to guess that, but now there's no way to prove that. Well, guess not. Because you already said it. But I wrote it down before you said it. Which means the next chapter I will tell you is the last chapter of the season. And I know what you're going to guess it is. Are you going to guess that it's the armory chapter? Not unless that's right. <laughs> well, no, it's not right. So okay, I, didn't think, I didn't think it was right, so I didn't want to say it. But then I was like, what if the one time it's obvious I don't say it? So yeah. I, didn't want to, I didn't want to make a commitment either way. What do you think the next chapter is? The next and last chapter of season seven? Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to say it again. I don't think you're going to guess this okay. because it refers to something that we haven't referred to yet. And it's a word that you could probably guess but you probably won't so i'm saying that to say go wild but you're not going to get a clue from any episodes but we've heard the word before in the show well no i mean maybe we've heard this word in the show but not in the context that we're using it here so it's not like it's not something that we've referred to in a way that would make it seem like it's a big thing i'll say i guess i'll say okay i'm guessing it's what the place or the situation where all of these souls from the Phoenix Stone find themselves, whether that be a specific afterlife or specific, you know, realm, because the way, you know, I'm getting ahead of myself, but the way Raina appeared to feel the souls as everything exploded reminded me of the anchor to the other side. That's an interesting comparison. What do you think that would be called then? Just spitball a couple words. Well, that's that's why I asked if we had heard the term because I was like, I, I can't imagine Stefan went to peace, all the love in the world. Yeah. That's why I asked if we had heard the term. So I'm guessing something purgatory related, but I maybe there's a fancier word for it. I'm thinking something, you know, connected to everlastings or whatever their like roots come from because, you know, we get sure. a couple drops that we like look back on the roots of of Reyna, like where her ancestors came from. And they were in the Philippines. And it seems that bartender knew something because why else would we see that? So something, St. Malo is the town in Louisiana. Something catacomb Oh, sure. It's the as above, so below chapter. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. Some, something purgatory-esque, another, another realm or, or place. Okay. We'll see if that is correct. And I should also point out this episode directed by Ian Somerhalder. Not as many showy shots as when Paul Wesley directs. And I will say just a very well-directed episode. Lots of action sequences. He really showed himself as a good director here. Yeah, he did a good job. I was was honestly all love to Ian Somerhalder. I was expecting some real bullshit shots. I was expecting it to be more showy than Paul Wesley. Yeah, I was expecting it to be a little more goofy. And again, I love Paul Wesley's little showy shots because he's right for that. I think it's fun when a director does it. It's a teen drama. Yeah. Great job, Ian. Yeah. 
Anyway, jam-packed episode, lots to talk about, lots of haterade to sip on my end, I'll say that. And and I think we all know who that's going to be directed at. And her name starts with a V and ends with an Allery. The wrong heretics in danger this week, as usual. Yeah, let's also say the heretic who's lasted the longest is Valerie. She was literally my last choice. My last, last choice. Bring Malcolm back at this fucking point. Yeah, we're going to get into all of it. But before we do, here's a quick ad. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As always, I'll start by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. In an attempt to make things right with his brother, Damon offers to have Stefan Skura magically transferred to him, only only to discover that doing so may come with some unexpected consequences. What the fuck was unexpected about that? It all made sense to me, but who whatever. Am I? He's out of sorts. He he hasn't been awake for a while. Yeah. He's getting used to life again. With time running out and Raina closing in on Stefan, Valerie desperately attempts to reason with Damon before it's too late. She's not reasoning with him. She's being she, a bitch. As usual, she does pretty much nothing. Yeah. So thanks, Valerie, for nothing as usual. Elsewhere, after being framed for breaking Raina out of the armory, he wasn't even framed. (laughs) I think she just assumed that. Alex just doesn't like you. Enzo attempts to clear his name, but not before a violent run-in with Nora forces him to make an upsetting discovery. Matt also appears. (laughs) I love it when the synopsis says that. It's like, oh, and Matt's there. (laughs) And Matt shows up too. You guys got it. We won't say anything else because we know you guys aren't going to fuck with this at all. (laughs) We start the episode in Dallas and it is today. So we know we're officially time jumped. We will see flashbacks still. So we're not even fully time jumped. But a time jump can include flashbacks. We have to know how we got there. The structure of this time jump is deeply weird to me. Yeah. Because most time jumps on most shows, you know, Pretty Little Liars, for example, pretty much any show, Riverdale. Actually, I didn't watch Riverdale after the time jump, so I'm not going to use it as like a text I'm referencing. They jump ahead. And then, yes, we have some flashbacks, but we've been doing so many flash forwards for 15 Mm -hmm. episodes. And now we're doing flashbacks. It's like, pick a time frame to be in. That's the thing. A time jump works best. You know, I get why they do this, that they want to build the suspense and like what happened, whatever. But a time jump makes the most sense when you suddenly jump and it's like all this stuff changed. This person has bangs now. And then you do selective flashbacks to understand how you got there. You don't have to do like flash forwards, flashbacks. It's like, can we just commit to something? And because of the structure of the flash forwards, a lot of the stuff that we're like setting up in the time jump basically is set and staged by the time, by the end of the, you know, previous section, you know? So Mm -hmm. the actual time jump period, three years, not a lot really happens in it, as far as we can tell, because we've already got Caroline and Rick in Dallas and like, sure, they're going to get engaged and I don't know, fall in love. But like, we've seen what's getting them there. Stefan's on the run, like Damon's asleep, like Bonnie and Enzo are together. That's the one thing that we really like don't get set up in the previous time. So because yeah. of the structure, 
not a lot actually happens in the time jump. Yeah. I find it a very frustrating structure. And I get that it's, you know, this laid into a teen show. Like a time jump is basically inevitable. They're going to do it every time. And I get the appeal to do it. But this felt a little bit like we should do a time jump just because we want to change some stuff up. Whereas at least Pretty Little Liars, they're like, we're time jumping till after college. We're not dealing with college. That is a very practical reason. And they did it well. But this feels like a little bit not quite thought out and a little bit haphazard to me. And I think in general, the timeline has been iffy that has it been a month? Has it been six months? Because what I will say about Pretty Little Liars is in that time jump, they all left the town where they were terrorized for years. Makes sense. You come back from a time jump. It's like, how did y'all end up back? Yeah, why would you ever come back? And they do a good job of setting it up. And they also keep the timeline like pretty tight. Like everything is like, we're here because like we're required by law, essentially. Yes. And then like, we're stuck here by law for so long we have to kind of settle, whatever. They give enough reasons. This, it's like a little, they haven't really decided on any timeline. And I do think there is a benefit to switching things up. Yeah. Although if you ask me, Sterline had enough issues. We didn't really need to switch them up, but who am I? Again, I get that Candace King was pregnant and she has to have the babies. And I think that struggle can still be very interesting without Stefan going on the run without ever contacting Caroline at all. That is, I don't want to say it's out of character because obviously he did the same shit in Savannah, but I think because of Savannah, he wouldn't do it again. Like, I think maybe yeah. he would like ask Caroline to run with him. They would come to a disagreement about when can they, who, where can they be to be safe? But I yeah. think they would still speak to each other. Part of the issue I have too is like, yes, it's a three-year time jump, but by the time we do all the other stuff in season seven, we could almost round it to two years. Yes. And I think, frankly, if you want like a bunch of shit to change, do a longer time jump. These characters are largely immortal. Yeah. You can do a five-year time jump. You can do a 10-year time jump. I think 10 might be a little long, but like we can split it up. And also because we've seen so much of what happens in the time jump, like they can't really do these big reveals. Like they do the big reveal with the gravestone. Like we all knew Penny was dead. Yeah, he's been alluding that to wasn't it for like weeks. like a shock. And we haven't like, seen her. That's the thing about this time jump also coming out over 15 episodes. So many of the stakes are gone because, well, I know that Caroline's not going to get killed by the siphon babies because I see she's a newscaster. Like I see she's a newscaster with toddler children. Like it just feels like, they shoot themselves in the foot. And again, the timeline and the pacing of season seven is already pretty bad. And then you bring in the time jump too. And I'm not above fucked up timing. Like it's a TV show. Not to keep having on Pretty Little Liars, but they were in senior year for like three fucking seasons. Yeah. Like, but I was with it because it was a fun show. Like, and they just didn't really reference it. And that's okay. And that's the thing. You can make a year last as long as possible. I mean, we see it in the early seasons here is that they spend a lot of time in high school. It takes them till season four to graduate. I think they started the beginning of their junior year. Yeah. You can stretch out time as much as you want, but you have to be intentional about how you're doing it when you're referencing seasons. And season seven, it's like, we don't really know how much time has passed. They, I mean, they tell us four months and so was captured by the armory, but nothing else lines up. Anything else, it's impossible to know if it happened yesterday or a month ago and I don't think they even know most of the time and I don't think they really care to know and I know that that's a small thing to harp on but it just feels again for a show that is usually really detailed and has explanations for any specific plot holes 
we're losing a lot of that here. I mean, not to get ahead of ourselves, but the transfer spell needs to be to a blood relative and we can't siphon. It's like, we're making this way more complicated. And the timeline part wouldn't be that big of a deal, but when you introduce a time jump, like time is on people's minds, unfortunately. Like you have to be thinking how close are we to the time jump? Are we getting close to like, this breakup that must be coming or whatever. So unfortunately it calls attention to it in a way that it wouldn't normally. I mean, you asked at the beginning of the time jump too, because clearly in the time jump, we're seeing like the events of a night in those flash forwards. Like it's all one day and time is moving forward in the present. So you did ask the beginning of the time jump, like three years from when? And the answer is yes. Three years from when? It's three years from now. It's right now. And it, it was it was now then too, and it's also going to be now later. Yeah, exactly. It's like three years. <laughs> it's, it's it's in three years. Like it's been. That's it's going to be three years. The babies are three. What else do I have to say? Yeah, but we we already booked the three year old actresses. Okay, so it's over. It's three years. Don't ask anything else. <laughs> anyway, so now we're in Dallas, three years from when we were, which is now. <laughs> yeah, in the time jump. <laughs> Whatever. So we're time jumped. When I started getting all mixed up because it would say like three years ago and then today, and I'm like, so today is the time jump now, right? <laughs> yes, it was <is. laughs> enough. You know, they can't really make that any clearer than they did it. I got used to it, but to go immediately into a flashback and then to today, and I was like, what does today mean in this context? And I will say, watching the rest of this season, I just, you know, as you know, I rewatched the seasons as we're covering them. Watching the rest of this season, like, it is kind of hard to track. Like, when did that happen? And it's because it's, like, this messy, we can't decide if we're doing a time jump. It makes it all the more confusing. And again, really only left, like, two years for things that we don't know about to happen. Like, that's a very short timeline. You need a bigger time jump. Yeah. I feel like time jumps should be minimum three years. And this one kind of isn't three years. I think you kind of need to go four and above. I think it needs to be minimum four. I think even three is not enough. Yeah. Well, especially in a teen drama, you kind of need to do four because college length, whatever. Yeah. They need to start drinking legally. So it's it's not like how do these kids keep getting alcohol, which I guess yeah. isn't a big deal in this show because compulsion. Yeah, I think they do a <laughs> long. I think they do a time jump on One Tree Hill, too, but I didn't get to the point of that on One Tree Hill. I didn't get to that point, but I anyway, bet they did. I guess I shouldn't even call it. Although out. they were they were getting married in high school. So why do they need a time jump? Whatever. Um, <laughs> anyway, Stefan is tied to the news desk in Dallas as he's been. Raina says, son's coming up, Stefan, make your choice. And it's the choice to transfer the scar to Damon. Damon says, it's a pretty big deal, you know, me offering to take this scar from you. But hey, I've been on the bench for quite a while and you look pretty tired. So let me tap in, brother. Give you a breather. Hashtag, you're welcome. Or hashtag still a thing? I don't know. It's been three years. This is just to tell us it's a time jump because Damon never said hashtag, even when hashtags were known to be popular. They just want to remind us, remember, we're time jumped now. <laughs> he was desiccating, thinking, I really got to bring some modern vocab into my lexicon. I think I'm living in the past bit. He's like, after I wake up, I think it's the time that I can start saying hashtag and people won't question like that it's starting. <laughs> like I couldn't say it before because people would have called me out. But now, now I can. I love that he's like, it's a big deal that I'm taking this scar, but then it becomes abundantly clear later. He doesn't even know how big of a deal it is. I forgot to mention this last week because, again, we've been seeing these same flash forwards for so long. I just ignore them largely. He's got werewolf toxin in. Like, he can't really make any logical decision, poison with werewolf toxin. But also, the argument should be like, the werewolf toxin's going to kill me, just give me the scar anyway. 
the whale of toxin I keep forgetting about because it happened so long ago. And he like looks tired, but it's like, well, he just woke up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Raina says, yeah, Stefan, you can stop running. You'll get your life back. He's not going to get his life back. He threw it away for three years. Like it's not, it's not going to be that quick. He can't get his life back if, if his brother's dead. Yeah. It's a different life. Exactly. Damon says, all it's going to take is one itty bitty transfer spell. Any more suspense? I'll pass out, brother. Of course, I might pass out anyway from the werewolf toxin. And Raina, I'm sure, is like, can you shut the fuck up? She's like, oh, my God, move on. And Stefan says, "Okay, my phone's in my pocket. Valerie can do the spell. I think it's out of character that Stefan would volunteer this. And we'll talk about this throughout the episode, that Stefan would be okay with Damon taking the scar. I believe that he would say it to distract Raina which I thought is what he was doing here. But later he seems to have been poisoned by Valerie's selfish fucking bullshit for three years because he seems like full pissed off that Damon won't take the scar from him. Like he throws a little tantrum at the end. Like Stefan, I know Stefan would not expect Damon to do this because Stefan knows the implications of what it has for him and Elena. This is so out of character that Stefan would be okay with this. Well, yeah, at first I thought it was like a distraction in this scene. I was like, okay, he's going to find another person to transfer it to. Mm Mm-hmm. Or, like, maybe Valerie will step the fuck up and take one for the team. But, you know, that would require her caring about someone other than herself and Stefan. Yes. And again, this is the thing. Characters have every right to be selfish in this show. Catherine Pierce, number one selfish queen. We love her. Valerie pretends she's not fucking selfish. She's the most selfish one out of all of them. This is going to be anti-Valerie episode. If any Valerie stands are out there, turn this off now. I can't imagine anyone was team Valerie. I wish Valerie met Catherine. She would have been destroyed. Catherine would have beat that (laughs) bitch to bits. (laughs) Anyway, Damon says, hallelujah, he's seen the light. I'm just going to loosen these knots a little bit, get his phone. Raina has her gun ready in case they try to, like, you know, pull one over on her, but not ready enough, I guess. She says, make sure he behaves. Yeah, she's been a hunter for, what, four lifetimes and she can't shoot him? Well, And she let Damon untie Stefan? Please. (laughs) That's stupid. Stefan says, hey, are you okay? Because, you know, Damon's untying the vervain ropes. And Damon says, I am so full of werewolf toxin. I can't even feel my face. A little vervain's not going to hurt me. And Stefan says, thank you. And then once he's loose, Stefan pushes Damon like over the desk to knock Raina over. Stefan grabs the sword and he runs. So it does look like he's, you know, the offer to take the transfer was a distraction, which would have been great. And it is like, all you guys need to do is stop letting her get her hands on the sword. Yes. Take the sword away. And again, no one has tried separating the stone from the sword yet. Or will, apparently. Yeah, and in a perfect world, too. I mean, put the sword in a different direction from Stefan, but also with someone else. Yeah. So then we know someone who has the sword, but it's going opposite direction. She has to pick. She's going to go after the sword first. That'll at least buy you time. Yeah. But no, no one wants to volunteer to drive with the sword. Not even Valerie's ass. Well, because she has to sit with Stefan. Damon grabs a wire and strangles Raina. And Raina says, hey, (laughs) don't do that. Because if you kill me, you kill anyone I've marked with my sword, which includes your brother. And Damon says, yeah, don't worry about Stefan. I'm just giving him a head start. He just wants to make her unconscious. She grabs her gun and shoots him. So he faints as she faints. They faint together. This is classic Raina. Keep your mouth shut. Like, yeah, let him kill you. Yeah, maybe he forgot about that rule and then he dies and and you win. She won't let anyone win. Same thing with her dad. Now she wouldn't even let herself win. She's got to learn to keep that mouth shut for sure. Yeah. (laughs) So now we flash back to three years ago. 
So now we just flashing so back. We're done with the time jump. That's enough of that. <laughs> that was the whole time jump. It's like, come on. Stefan is packing a bag. Valerie's on her phone, like, I guess, dropping pins in various places. And she thinks this is very cute and funny. I'm bored. She's not even like playing GeoGuessr or something. She's just putting pins on the map. She says, now I'm in St. Petersburg. Red pin, now I'm in Malaysia. Red pin, oh dear, I've landed in the ocean. Stay there. Yeah, I wish you did. (laughs) I wish you would. (laughs) I'll push you in. (laughs) Stefan is packing some bourbon. And she says, you know, they do sell liquor elsewhere. It's best to travel light. And Stefan says, yeah, but this is my favorite kind. You know, I'm wondering how many more of these I can have now that I'm on a time limit. And Valerie says, no time limits here, my friend. The night is young. And he says, well, I'm not really talking about tonight because I did the math. Raina Cruz isn't going to live forever, and therefore neither will I, so tick tock. She says, you found mortality doesn't trouble you? He says, actually, you know, the funny thing is it makes me feel human again. Like every minute counts. If every minute counted, why are you going to go on little side quests with fucking Valerie. Go raise the fucking kids. Because I get, you know, last episode, he's like, we don't know about, we don't know Raina's in there. I don't want to bring this danger to Caroline. Now it seems you're you're pretty confident that you're safe. Let's at least visit Dallas and leave yeah. Valerie back wherever she came from. I mean, you can even have Valerie come with you to Dallas in case you have to go on the run. Your score is closed up though. So just visit Dallas and have the conversation about what the plan is. Yeah, show a little bit of respect to this girl you supposedly love. And again, I find this deeply out of character, specifically because when he went to Savannah, he abandoned everybody because he thought it was better for them. And so I do think that Stefan would think like it's better for everyone, like if he just leaves without a trace and doesn't bother anyone. He thinks it's better for Caroline to leave her with the kids. But after he did that in Savannah, the person who was maddest at him was Caroline. And he almost Mm -hmm. lost Caroline because of it. And that was very painful to him. He would not do this again. I can understand him not staying in Dallas all the time. Maybe he's jumping around because he's nervous and he doesn't want to be there all the time. Or like he wants to respect, give her some space, whatever. But I do think like it's unlike Stefan to not even want to be there like once a year. Well, to not even like talk to her on a phone. Yeah, not even tell her this, like tell her like, I don't feel safe. I don't want to bring danger to the door. Like, I'll keep you posted where I am. You can come visit. It's deeply out of character. Like, Julie Pleck, you've put Steriline together. People are already, look, I hear what people say. People are sour on Steriline because they think that Caroline was Stefan's second choice, which I don't think is true. But Julie Pleck, why are you going to give us a couple and then prey on their downfall like this? Because us Steriline shippers are out here fighting for our fucking lives and you're giving us this. On top of that, does she not want Stefan to be happy? Literally. I'm not, I'm not a Stefan girl. I'm not a Stefan girl. But like, is anyone shipping Stefan and Valerie? And Julie Pluck, I want you to be so serious when you answer that. I straight up, when I was watching this episode, I Googled, does anyone ship Stefan and Valerie? Reddit. Because I wanted to know. And there are people who do. No one had a good reason. There, were, there was yeah. one person who wrote, Stefan plus Valerie equals ick. That's me. That's my (laughs) icon. The one argument I heard, and I will say that I see where this argument comes from. If you look at the fact how much time they spent together with the time jump, 
they were together longer than Stefan and Elena. So I can see like, oh, that means it must have been, you know, at least as serious as Stefan and Elena. I see the logic there. But again, that is operating under the assumption that this time jump was used well and good. It wasn't. Nothing happened in this time jump. So that's not an argument. Well, and also, if length of time is the only variable that contributes to whether a relationship is good, (laughs) then Damon and Catherine, soulmates. Literally. And people are like, I liked their chemistry. What chemistry? What exactly do you think chemistry is? I mean, look, it's two good looking people talking to each other and they don't look like they hate each other. But I'm sorry, Paul Wesley has more chemistry with Ian Somerhalder. He has more chemistry with Michael Malarkey, if we're being open. Yeah, he has more chemistry with fucking Noah. Well, because Noah has chemistry. Honestly, he had more chemistry with Mary Louise. Yeah. And this is not really the actress's fault. Don't get me wrong. They are setting her up for major failure here. Oh, I mean, they have a lot. There's a lot of beef I have with her. And chemistry is not like a misread on her. Like, it's a lot of the characterization as well. Anyway, Valerie says, then let's think of it as an adventure. She's decided her new personality is adventurous girl who doesn't settle down. The same girl who cried over a fact that she couldn't have a baby at 16. Well, and the same bitch who's been sitting at home doing nothing for however long we've been in three years ago. Yes. Stefan says right now, and Valerie says, Damon's gone. You have no one waiting at home anymore. I have no one either. Number one, Valerie, you have two people. Their names are Nora and Mary Louise, and you should check on them. And they're kidnapped, by the way. (laughs) Number two, Stefan does have people. He's got Damon, he's got Caroline, he's got Rick. Granted, Damon trying to go to sleep, wake him up. Um, Yeah, you don't have to leave Damon in that coffin. You never agreed. Oh, wake your brother up. Like, sorry, no, you're not going to sleep right now. Valerie says, why not just follow where the red pins lead? She's really trying to make this romantic. Uh, Stefan says, you want to go pin hopping all over the world? And she says, well, we search for a way to get rid of your scar. We could trace Raina's bloodline back to wherever her ancestors came from. Start searching for answers there. Best case scenario, we save your life. Worst case scenario, we have a long vacation. She grabs, you know, the bottle of bourbon and says, everyone you know has made the choice that serves them best. Why not make a choice that serves you? Number one. Yes, Damon made a selfish decision going to sleep. That is the choice that serves him best with no thought for other people. I hear that. Her implying that Caroline staying in Dallas to raise the babies she had is some kind of selfish decision is so fucking rude and reeks of jealousy. And number three, this choice doesn't serve Stefan at all. Yeah. Except to maybe look for a fix for his scar, sure. But- He doesn't want to go on the run. The choice that serves Stefan best, waking Damon's ass up and moving to Dallas. But he doesn't want to do that because he thinks that's inconveniencing people, which is why it's the choice that serves him best. This choice that quote unquote serves him best is him alienating himself from everyone, which is not serving anyone except Valerie. Exactly. And this choice is what serves Valerie best because she has no other fucking friends. So she has to trap Stefan into spending time with her Mm -hmm. under the pretense of saving his life. She knows that she is not serving him with this. She is not under any illusion that this is helping. She pretends she thinks it's helping him. She knows it's not. She knows it's not. And Stefan, this girl was in a prison world for a hundred years with six other people. None of them fuck with her. What do you think that means? Yes, let that say something. Everyone can make their own decisions about people. Mm -hmm. But, you know, let's take some evidence in. I'm just saying, in the prison world, they were there for 100 years. 
Julian wasn't there, Valerie was. But Valerie comes in and tries to say Julian's evil and everyone sides with Julian. What does that say? Like, I know he was manipulative, but Valerie, let's look at your personality a little, okay? So Stefan says, well, I guess there's nothing left to hold me back here. Sure. Maybe in Mystic Falls when you're getting kicked out, but there are things to hold you back somewhere. And so Stefan agrees to this like a dumbass. So we go to the armory today and there is a cell. Nora is laying in one of the like classic gurneys we've been seeing when Alex walks in. And this made me realize we have not yet looked at Alex's IMDb, even though we've met her many times. Yeah. And it's not because like sometimes we won't look up an actor's IMDb when they like are in one episode and are obviously not coming back. Yeah. Obviously she's been in a few episodes and she doesn't seem to be done yet. So yeah, and she's related to Enzo. So that's I don't really know why I forgot to look at her IMDb. Well, she's just kind of not giving much. But what I appreciate about her is she's trying to do something with this character who's doing nothing. Like, yeah, I at least fair. she's making a choice. So I, I like her. Her name is Muzam Makar. Number one, she has four upcoming projects. So she's working. Mm-hmm. She's done some video game voices. She was on SEAL Team on CBS. Naomi, which is a Marvel show, I think, on the CW. Or maybe it's DC if it's on the CW. Law and Order SVU. Five episodes. Oh. A couple episodes of NCIS. So, you know, the usual procedural-ish. She was also on nine episodes of the TV show Champions, which was a Mindy Kaling show that lasted a season. So I watched her on that for sure. Chicago Justice. The classics. Yeah, she's been on a couple procedurals, a couple other things, a couple sitcoms. She was also on the Exorcist TV series. Didn't realize there was one. Mm -hmm. Eight episodes. So good for her. She seems to be working across a big cross-section of genres, too, which is good. Yeah, an episode of American Horror Story, season five. So no. Hotel, for those in the know. For those keeping score. For those keeping score at home. One episode of, you guessed it, Bones. I was going to say, what episode was it? Season 10, episode three, The Purging of the Pundit. She's also a producer, particularly of two upcoming projects. So she's moving into acting and producing. So good for her. Anyway, Alex comes in and she says, three years with us and you still haven't learned to sit quietly. They want us to understand the today, Chiron. Yeah, so during the time jump, it's like, oh, so Nora's just been sitting here for three years? Or two and a half or however long? Yeah. Alex says, do you like the change in scenery? And Nora says, where is she? What did you people do to her? Where's Mary Lou? This is the first time I've asked this in three years. (laughs) Alex (laughs) says, we need your help. And Nora says, the only help I'd ever give you is off a cliff. (laughs) real for that alex says oh i don't think that's true because we have something you want answers about the research we've been doing with your girlfriend me when i lie (laughs) well she has an answer it's just not a good answer nora says i'll do anything just name your price and alex says the price is a name actually lorenzo saint john and nora says enzo why do you want him alex says so i can kill him myself and it's like that's your family and Nora's like, okay, whatever. She's like, I don't really give a fuck about Enzo. I really don't care about your business. <laughs> they give Nora a change of clothes and they go on a little walk. And Nora says, not that I'm not grateful for the chance to get some air, but what exactly am I doing? Alex says, I believe Enzo released Raina Cruz. Why? I have no idea. Why does Enzo do anything lately? She's like, he's weird. she says but i have learned over time that if i can't trust my family i certainly can't trust my usual team 
And that's where you come in. You can be the one to hunt him down. Obviously, this, I think, is a lie. She can trust her team fine. She just wants Nora to do it because... Or maybe she can't trust her team. I don't know. It's unclear why she's letting Nora do this, if not to just be a bitch to Nora. Maybe that's it. I I never know what her motivations are. And I'm not sure she does, honestly. Yeah. Maybe it was just like, see what happens. Maybe she thought Nora could find Enzo faster, although I don't know why that would be the case. Yeah, Nora says, you trust the girl you've held captive for three years? And Alex says, trust may be too strong a word, but after you see the results of our experiments, you'll be highly incentivized to do what I want. I guess maybe she knows she'll do it fast, whatever. They go into another cell. Mary Louise is in there. But what's so funny about this is Mary Louise isn't on the usual gurney. She's on like a full bed. Why'd they set up a bed in this room? Is it because they know she's dying? Like a bed frame. And it, but it's not like, it's not the nicest bed. It's like not a nice bed frame, but it's too nice a bed frame to be in this room. But it looks like they got it at like a Goodwill. It's not just a basic Ikea bed frame, but it's also not like really nice. But it's it's like, okay, did you feel bad for poisoning her? So you got her a real bed? Yeah. Nora says, are you all right? Mary Louise says, just feeling cold. And Nora says, who could blame you in this horrible, damp basement? Every day I dream I'll carry you away from this place, leaving a trail of gutted corpses in her wake. And Mary Louise says, you seem quite yourself. It should be noted, Mary Louise, gray in the face, all color drained from her lips. Yeah, she looks bad. I was thinking they somehow got her to not be a vampire anymore because she was looking bad. But it's just that, you know, she's dying. Yeah. And then they reveal that there's a ton of like bruises and or sores on Mary Louise's arm. And Nora says, oh, what happened here? And Mary Louise says, oh, they gave me pills made from Raina's blood. It's poisonous to witches. And from outside the window. Alex says, bring Enzo back to me alive and I'll give you everything I have to heal her. This is why we need to ask clarifying questions when people tell us this, because Alex did not lie. Alex never said the word antidote. She said, I'll give you everything I have to heal her, which intrinsically is nothing. Yeah, which is here's a bunch of research that didn't work. It's very much like I'll tell you everything about your parents. They're dead. Yeah. Yeah. That's everything. You're about to get shamed. Yeah, you're about to get Professor Shane. Nora gets up. Mary Louise says, please don't go. And Nora says, I have to go. I'm going to save you. Nora kisses her and leaves. Alex laughs. Alex says, (laughs) sure. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Move it along, girl. We go over to Dallas into a parking garage. Matt pulls up to this guy and says, oh, hey, Martell. (laughs) It's like, like, what? Like, Okay. (laughs) Like, and I know, like, he's just a random guy. They didn't even name, but why this name? I know. <laughs> so he says, I got your text. I owe you for calling off the alert on the hostage hoax. So whatever you want, man. Now, Martel doesn't say a word, which should be Matt's first clue. Martel opens the car door and Enzo quickly vampire runs out and grabs Matt by the neck, as he do. And Enzo says, all he wants is to cooperate with me. I compelled him to summon you here while remaining silent and calm. Detective, cuff yourself to the car. Martel goes and cuffs himself to the car. Martel says, heard. <laughs> Martel says, as you wish. <laughs> Martel says. <laughs> Enzo says, so by now I'm sure Alex has decided that I'm the one who let Reyna escape, which of course is untrue. But what I've yet to understand is why did you release Reyna Cruz? So this is a reveal that Matt is the one who released Reyna Cruz. We'll discuss theories why in a bit because Matt mentions a clue. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear why, but we'll get to it when we get to it. We'll get to it. Also because he's obnoxious. 
Yeah. That's the baseline. Why does Matt do anything? He's sipping Haterade. We know this about Matt. He's been sipping yeah. Haterade for seasons now, and he's not unwarranted to do so. But you would think the thirst for Haterade would calm down with no vampires in Mystic Falls for two years. And I know it's only two years. It's not as much compared to how it's been. But like, it seems like he was just sitting and stewing. Although I guess it wasn't two whole years because it appears Stefan came back or something. We'll see. We go into a car. Stefan is driving. And he's on the phone with Valerie and says, so Damon said he could take my scar through a transfer spell. Does that make any sense to you? Valerie's like, yeah, I thought about that like three years ago. Yeah, Valerie doesn't say yes or no. All she says is he must have been desperate to come up with that idea. No wonder she didn't want to wake Damon up. She said, damn, he figured that out already. He's only been up a day. (laughs) Stefan says, ironic that he's the one who finally figured it out, considering how far you and I went looking for a solution. Ironic. A lie. Stefan seems to have no like suspicion that Valerie had any other thoughts in this time and i will say like it makes sense that stefan didn't come up with this because one thing we know about stefan he's going to be in his self-hater era like he is going to be self-sabotaging yeah but would it have killed him to think a little bit i mean again damon compares it to the babies i get stefan not coming up with it because he's not got a magic brain that's never been his area of expertise and yeah i think if he even thought that for a second he'd be like well i don't who could I transfer it to? I don't want to do that to someone, you know? Yeah, exactly. So before he even brought up the idea. Now, Valerie, she had no reason to not be thinking this. Especially since Valerie's been such a proponent for Stefan being selfish. Stefan's probably like, well, if that would have worked, Valerie would have brought it up. Yeah. If he thought of it, which I don't think he did. I don't think he did either, yeah. Valerie says, I suppose fate has a sense of humor. Oh, is that what we're calling it? Oh, yeah, it's, it's really fucking funny. Hysterical. She says, oh, the taxi's here, I better go. And Stefan says, be careful, okay? And she says, always love, fuck you. <laughs> Literally pissed me off. <laughs> pissed me all the way off. She says, I'll get to Dallas as quickly as I can. She hangs up. We go back over to the news station. Damon comes to and Raina is still there. Raina is like doing stitches on her arm. And Damon says, aw, you stayed to keep me company. How sweet. And Raina says, yeah, nice try. Once I'm done patching myself up, I'm out of here. Because as much as I'd like to kill you first, my sword is on the move. So is my target. I have to chase them both. Mystical nature calls. So weird how Stefan ran away from your offer. Damon's like, "Mm, not really. Damon says, not the way I know him. Damon says, oh, he's just being a murderer. You know, he probably thinks I can't handle the scar. As soon as I charge my phone, I'm going to call him, tell him to get his ass back here. We'll do the transfer spell. And Raina says... That is downright noble, more than I expected from you, especially considering everything you'd have to give up. And Damon says, what am I going to give up? I've been in a coffin the last three years. It's not like I was keeping up on my hobbies. And Raina says, look at my arm. What do you see? He says, someone who should have brought band-aids. <laughs> uh, she says, I'm made of regular flesh and bone. My body is 100% human. Even if I do stay in good health, in 60 to 70 years, I'll toddle off to the big news station in the sky, which means right around the time Elena wakes up, I'll die, and so will you. Because if I die, you'll die. But I'm sure you already figured out that when you take Stefan's scar, you'll be giving up your future with Elena. You'll never see her again. The hero move. Nice. Damon looks like he has never once considered this. (laughs) This is news to him. That this did not cross his mind. He said, oh, shit. Did you say 60 years? (laughs) Because that's when I was going to see Elena. Yeah. It really does look like he 
didn't even consider this. And I mean, maybe it's the werewolf toxin. Maybe it's been being asleep for three years. I don't know. But he seems like, oh, fuck. He just didn't really think at all, it appears. I think he was like, can we transfer the scar? And she said, yeah. And he said, great. Awesome. Didn't ask any other questions. Like, was like, great. I fixed it for Stefan. I've been awake three hours and I've I've done it. He said, good brother alert. Good brother alert. <laughs> Raina says, okay, well, I got to go. And she goes. She's like, well, that's enough of that. <laughs> yeah. Then we go to the Philippines two years ago. Fuck the time jump. So it's a year. They reference it's been a year since Damon went to sleep. Again, when was three years from? Whatever, not important. <laughs> <laughs> Valerie and Stefan are sitting with a woman at a bar. Valerie's wearing a white sundress. Bitch, I know what you're doing. Yeah, I see your game, bitch. You're not getting away with it. It's not subtle, queen. So they're talking to this woman and Valerie says, we're looking for ways to get rid of a mystical scar. And Stefan says, that's right. It linked me to a crazy woman. And Valerie says, not me. We're not linked. Stefan says, we're just friends and she's not crazy. Not in a bad way. Valerie says, you've gone off topic. What is this buddy comedy routine we're doing? It's not fucking funny. Nothing is funny. There's nothing to smile about. Your brother is desiccating. You left your girlfriend with babies and- you hang out with Valerie. Like, what is fun? Wipe that smile off your face. So, of course, the lady gets up and leaves. It's exactly what I would do. And if I weren't podcasting, I would have done it in this scene. Yeah, she's like, I do not fuck with you, too. She said, oh, I don't ship this. Valerie says, you made her uncomfortable. And Stefan says, no, I didn't. She doesn't understand what we're saying. Nobody here has any idea what we're saying. Valerie says, well, here's to our one-year anniversary of chasing red pins around the world. Even her calling it an anniversary. She's so dastardly. She is. Stefan says one year of complete and total failure. She said, not for me, bitch. I'm going to get a kiss any day now. I'm evil. She says, it's not complete failure, me when I lie. Well, we have not solved your scur situation yet. We have discovered an astonishing variety of tropical alcohols. What do you mean variety? It's rum. Like maybe you went to Greece and tried Uzo. You're not discovering shit. I love, it's not a complete failure, though we failed at the one thing that this trip was supposed to be for, but that's not what the trip was for to me, because I'm a whore. (laughs) Stefan is scrolling through his phone, looking at his contacts, and the lineup of contacts is so funny. It goes, (laughs) Damon, dealership Savannah, Elena, Enzo. (laughs) I'm sorry, that's the squad. He's like, if I ever need that job again. It's just so funny because I know they didn't want to add more to fill up the screen. They didn't want to put a random name in. I mean, they could have. I know. Imagine it said dad. <laughs> or like dumbass Julian. Like it needed to be like a D or an E. Yeah. Oh, no, actually, wait. It didn't have to be. It could have been a C. It could have gone Caroline, David, Elena, Enzo. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> because what's so funny about it, I don't want to harp on it. But they... Like, they were trying to go through D's, and they were like, what about a car dealership? And they're like, oh, let's add Savannah. Like, Savannah wasn't even the first part. Like, oh, maybe he had to go to a car dealership. He worked at a mechanic in Savannah. Maybe he had to call the dealership there a lot. Maybe we could just pretend those are the same thing. Anyway, Valerie says, I'm afraid he can't come to the phone right now. Could you, like, be a little, like, I don't know. Like, you know it's the anniversary of him going to sleep. Like... Could you be a little less, like, happy about that? I know. Stefan says, nope, he never will. And Valerie says, I'm sorry, I brought up how long it's been. And Stefan says, no, it's okay, I know what day it is. 
I've actually been thinking about it quite a bit. And she says, and? And he says, I realized by the time he wakes up, I will probably be dead. So never going to call him again. Valerie says, and likewise, he will never call you. Or you could go wake him up. Well, and that's the thing is like Valerie acts like she's doing him this great service by freeing him of all these people that made him feel bad. Someone who really cared about him would be like, look, obviously this is bothering you. I don't care that he wanted to desiccate. We should go wake him up. He doesn't need to give you consent to wake him up, clearly, because you do it later. Yeah. And you know what? As someone who has a sibling, let me just say, Stephanie, if you decided to desiccate and I let you do it for a year and I was bored, I would wake you up. If I let you desiccate for a whole year, you're welcome. You got a whole year. Yeah. That is pretty darn generous. If I don't talk to you in like a few days, I'm like, where's my sister? Yeah. Like, I wouldn't last very long with this. Go wake him up. Stefan says, I guess that makes this phone obsolete. You could call Caroline. How about? Or if Caroline doesn't want to talk to you, which maybe she doesn't, call Rick. You have other contacts in the phone. I know that Valerie takes this as like, I'm the most important person in Stefan's life. Yeah. But like, he's just scared of people rejecting him, girl. And you'll never reject him because you're obsessed with him. Yeah, she takes this as like, wow, it's so great that I'm able to be here for him when he has no one. No, he doesn't have no one. He's distancing himself from everyone. Someone who really cared about him would want him to be loved by as many people as possible, not just by her. Someone who cared would be like, hey, just because Damon's asleep doesn't mean you can't call someone else. Or like, you know what? It's been a year of looking. We haven't had a lot of luck. Maybe you should talk to Caroline. But no. But no, she wants to keep him separate in her own little world. Yeah. She says, cheers then. Yeah, cheers. He's clearly in a great mood. He says, cheers. They drink. She says, my turn to order because they emptied this bottle of unlabeled alcohol. And she takes the bottle to the bartender and says, hey, one more. And the bartender says, I understand. Also, I understood what you were saying over there, and I think I know how to help. And Valerie looks back at Stefan, and he's looking at his phone. Still looking at his contacts, I guess. So the phone's not so obsolete, is it, Stefan? And at this point, it does look like she's just not even going to tell Stefan the bartender says anything. She doesn't look like she wants to. Yeah, which is what I was expecting of her selfish ass. Because she's like, I've only had a year. I was hoping for at least 10 years before you had to find something. Yeah. We go to the car that Stefan's driving in the present day. Stefan gets a call from Caroline. He barely lets it ring once before he answers. Oh my God, it's immediate. He's not even. (laughs) He's thirsty as fuck. He says, oh my God. (laughs) He says, Caroline. It's happening. Raina says, yeah, no such luck. And you can hear her almost giggle. She's like, damn. Damn, you picked this up fast. Let it ring one time. <laughs> she, Raina says, just me. I took Caroline's work cell, which you kept calling the other day. Wanted to check in on you. Stefan says, did you really call me just to chat? And Raina says, don't hang up. There's still time for me to help you. Stefan says, oh, here's an idea to help me. How about you stop chasing me? And Raina says, you took my sword, genius. I need to get it back. If you didn't want to get chased, you should have stayed at the news station. And he says, yeah, and let you kill my brother or not likely. She says, so you'd rather be first in line to go. Stefan says, see, now I'm confused because I thought you were trying to give me a pass. And Raina says, I was in my own way. You know, this is going to sound strange, but you grew on me while I was trapped in the armory. We do a little flashback to Raina chained up in the armory. Alex takes some of her blood and Raina narrates, you know, you were the only distraction from my routine. Every day while they were taking my blood and using it for their research, I'd close my eyes and watch you. We can see Alex take Raina's blood and walk right across the way to Mary Louise's cell. 
And again, the door is open like the whole time. And Alex has, mind you, like no lab techs to do this. Why does she do everything at the armory? Where are all her employees? We can see Stefan on the beach in the Philippines with Valerie to audience booze. And Raina says, you know, I could see where you were, what you were doing. I saw you travel the world with Valerie. We go back to the car and Stefan says, well, how would you know that? And Raina says, I always know what my targets are up to. That mark on your chest, it's not just a scar. It's a mystical connection to me. Sure. I mean, how did she think she was able to find you when you stopped for like two minutes at a gas station? Like- exactly. That tracks. Stefan scoffs and says, that's got to be the worst pickup line I've ever heard in my life. She says, don't flatter yourself. I don't want your ass. She said, uh, pass. Raina says, don't flatter yourself. Stefan says, you did just say you spent the last three years spying on me. And Raina says, the armory doesn't have TV. What was I going to do? And I'd be watching too. I mean, I'd be booing. I'd be heckling, but I'd be watching. I'd be like, why don't you just go to fucking Dallas? I'm trapped. Yeah, I'd be like, go hang out with your girlfriend. Like, I can't get you. Stefan says, well, this isn't creepy at all. And Raina says, the point is, I know exactly where you are and what you're doing now. You're leading me towards the armory. You're hoping they'll provide an assist, but Virginia is a long drive from here. So now we know for sure the armory's in Virginia. Reveal. <laughs> and she says, unless your car runs on something other than gas, you're not going to make it there before I catch you. Stefan takes a look at his gas gauge, close to empty. Raina says, I'm gaining on you, I can tell. So Stefan hangs up the phone. He doesn't say goodbye. He rolls down the window. There's a flower truck driving next to him. He throws the sword into the flower truck and drives off in the opposite direction. And Raina says, really? Smart move by Stefan. Yeah, at least slow it down. If you had somewhere to go that was at all thought through. He can only do so much today. Yeah. His team is thin right now. Yeah, he's not (laughs) operating with our best soldiers. Let's say that. We go back over to the news station. The like news station phone rings and Damon comes to and says, I'm coming, I'm coming. He picks up the phone and he says, hello, KQ something, something. My vision's gone blurry. And Stefan says, hey, get to the point. <laughs> it's like, Stefan, moving along. We, we don't have all day. Also, not to harp on this, but you know the phone number to Caroline's workplace? Down terrible. Well, and it's a news station. How is no one there? Yeah. Like, especially since the hostage thing was proved to be a hoax. They must have closed it or something. Obviously, we don't have to worry about all that. But it's like when Rain is saying the sun's coming up, they're in makeup. They're prepping for the broadcast. Like, there's a morning show goes on at six. Move. The news doesn't take a day off. Yeah. And there's something really interesting happening here that I think our viewers would care about. Yeah. Damon says, how goes it, Mad Max? And Stefan says, I had to stop for gas. And Damon says, okay, I was expecting a cooler answer. And Stefan says, I didn't really have much of a choice. Ditch the sword to buy myself a little bit of time. I could really use a great idea for what to do next. You could be a little less mean considering you have no ideas. At this point, he has offered to take the scar from you. So that's a pretty solid idea. Damon says, I'm sorry, I'm a little fuzzy, toxin fever and all. And Stefan says, yeah, Valerie's coming to fix that. And Damon says, so, you guys are hanging now, huh? Damon's like, so, yuck. Stefan says, our friendship evolved. Fuck you. Shouldn't have even had a friendship. Yeah. Damon says, oh, I bet it did. Damon's like, I should not have gone to sleep. <laughs> yeah, you and you shouldn't have, Damon. <laughs> Stefan says, look, as much as I love catching up with you, I do have to resume escaping from a serial killer. So if you could, and Damon says, look, head back to the news station. I'll find you a place to lead Raina. And Stefan says, that's your great idea. 
okay, again, Stefan, you called a guy full of werewolf toxin. Like, what did you think his grand plan was going to be? You're closer to Dallas than you are to Virginia, so you might as well turn around. Worst case, you turn around again. You're already running. Like, just pick a direction. Honestly, get on a plane. Like, you're not making it to the armory, but you need to. You need someone else to call. And again, maybe don't call Damon. Maybe he's not the guy to ask. Here's the other thing. Now, I know this probably wouldn't work, but make Valerie drive the car and close your damn eyes. Now that you know she can watch what you're up to. That's now, actually a good point. Could she probably track you anyway? Yes. But, you know, it couldn't hurt to put an eye mask on. Yeah, and to not say where you're going. And also, you know, I know that this is not how this show operates. We're not going to go back to this. Why not go to the fucking bar in New Orleans again? <laughs> like, I just... <laughs> like, that seemed to work for a minute. Yeah. See if in three years they grew more of those herbs. Yeah. Damon says, I'll have the armory come out and meet you. They still want Raina. Just keep driving, Stefan. I'll be in touch, okay? We go back to the parking garage. Now Matt is in the back of the cop car, and Enzo's in the front. And Matt says, hey, why are you even in Dallas? And Enzo says, I'm here for work. <laughs> the job that doesn't pay you, okay. Yeah. He says, everyone's looking for Raina. The armory sent an alert when she escaped. I knew she'd use Caroline to set a trap for Stefan, so I wasn't surprised by the hostage broadcast. But I did grow curious when the police failed to respond. Then I discovered that you convinced them the whole thing was a hoax. Now, why would you do that? Matt doesn't answer. So Enzo says, well, I reckoned you wouldn't talk even if I tortured you. So I'm going to torture that guy instead. Martel. Martel's like, hey. <laughs> Martel's like, me? Martel? <laughs> I just made detective. <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have listened to this random dude I met because who knows where these two met. Yeah. <laughs> Matt says, you wonder why I released Raina? Look at what you're doing right now. And Enzo says, well, I know you have a strong dislike for my ilk, but if you wanted to unleash Raina on us, why wait until now to free her? An excellent question from Enzo. Matt says, ask Stefan Salvatore. What do you think that means? I, I think Stefan killed Matt's girlfriend. And don't get me wrong, I think it was Penny's fault. How do you think this happened, that Stefan killed Penny? I guess Stefan might not know that Penny is Matt's girlfriend. I think probably at some point in the years we didn't see, Stefan tried to come to his home that he cares deeply about. And we know Penny doesn't really get the gray area of vampires. That wasn't something that was computing. So I think she tried to kill him and he was like, uh, no, because he's harder to kill than most because he's always getting shot at. And then she died, whether by accident or on purpose. But I think she provoked it. How do you think Matt figured that out? Did Stefan just not appropriately cover it up? I bet Matt saw. Like, Matt was also watching. I, may, I assume Stefan knows that Matt knows. Okay. But maybe not. Because he doesn't seem, like, shocked that Matt is, like, not around. Like, he, or I think they mentioned Matt being mad at him later. And he's they like, do. yeah. He's like, yeah, justified. Like He's like, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> which, like, I guess he could think, like, maybe... Or maybe he doesn't know that Matt knows, like, but maybe Matt was like mad he came back at all and that led to it. Yeah. Whatever. Either way. Either way, you think it's pretty clear what happened here. I think it's pretty clear what happened. And again, not to victim blame, but I do think it was Penny's fault, considering she was just shooting people willy nilly, walking around with headphones like a dumbass. Like, she's not exactly our strongest. And, and I mean, you know, I'm going to side with Stefan no matter what. Sorry, I'm not going to be on the side of Matt's cop girlfriend. 
be serious. Like I, I would sooner side with Valerie's big toe. I, <laughs> I just don't. Not all of Valerie. <laughs> just your big toe. <laughs> Enzo says, "Curiouser and curiouser." I love when he talks like a little like English boy. <laughs> it's funny because because I love he says that he doesn't even fucking ask. Enzo is like, oh, ask Stefan. Sure, great. So you hate Stefan now. Awesome. That's good to know. He said, great. If you hate Stefan, maybe I could get him back on board with me. Enzo said, one step closer to having BFFs. Already got a girlfriend. <laughs> well, have a girlfriend for now. <laughs> I mean, she she always was mortal, so. We'll get, we'll get to talking about that in a second. Enzo gets pulled out of the car and fought by an invisible force. It's Nora. She invisiquade, of course. Classic move. Nora appears and says, Modus, all the guys go flying. Martel's head crashes into the window of the cop car, which kills Martel, but also allows Matt to open the door to get out or to Mm -hmm. access the door from the outside. So Nora does an aneurysm spell on Enzo, but Enzo like overpowers, chokes her. He brings out a pill that looks like the pills that Mary Louise was getting. Or, you know, as much as we can see. It's red. Well, yeah, it's, it's a pill that has red in it. Like, we can do the math. Yeah. And he force feeds it to her. It looks like she spits it out, but then she does get affected by it. So I guess she doesn't spit all of it out. Yeah, so maybe a li- maybe something hit. Yeah, maybe it's a quick, fast-acting pill. Yeah. Nora tries to do a spell. She says, like, get off me. But she tries to do a spell. Doesn't work. And Enzo says, fascinating stuff. That dose is going to keep you quiet for an hour or so. Matt gets out of the cop car, gets in the other car, and drives away. And you know what? Good for you, Matt. Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) Nora sees that Matt has driven off. She pushes Enzo off and she says, your toy got away. And Enzo says, that's okay. I'm trading up. He did what he needed to do with Matt. He's done. (laughs) Yeah. And then he says, I like you better without your magic. And Nora says, well, lucky for you, I'm weak with hunger. I haven't had a proper meal in three bloody years. He She goes to fight him, but he grabs her and he has another pill and he holds up. And she's like, no, don't give me that pill. And he says, oh, are you that attached to your witchy powers? She says, no, I'm actually attached to being alive. Those pills are what poisoned Mary Louise. And Enzo lets Nora go and says, what do you mean poison? And he's like, what? Nora says, well, I was promised an antidote in return for your capture. And Enzo says, who promised you that? Nobody, it turns out. Yeah, it turns out nobody (laughs) promised you an antidote. (laughs) Nora says, Alex. She said, you released Raina. And Enzo says, incorrect. (laughs) He's like, wrong. (laughs) <laughs> and this is I'm guessing she only told you that to motivate you and Nora says my motivation is Mary Louise she's all I have in this world I'm not gonna let her die but the fighting's over so Nora says oh what's the matter afraid to hit me back Enzo says I'm calling a truce and Nora says well I don't want one <laughs> she said pass Enzo's like come on <laughs> he says listen to me if those pills are fatal to witches then you and I need to work together and Nora says why should I trust you and Enzo says, because I care about this as much as you do, I swear it on my life. What do you read into that? He's giving Bonnie these pills. Why is he giving Bonnie those pills, you think? Probably because she doesn't want her magic. Like, she did something with her magic that, like, ended up hurting someone. And, you know, she's always doing, she's always up and down with her magic. So I think she's been taking them so she didn't have to have it. While she's in her mental hospital in Asheville. Yeah. And he thought it was just, you know, keeping her powers down because no one told him. Clearly. We got to the road. Raina has come upon the truck with the sword sticking out of it. She's on the phone with Stefan again and says, you owe some guy a cube truck. It has one hole in it. He can keep driving it. Like, I think he'll be okay. Stefan says, do you talk this much to all your targets? And Raina says, just the ones I'm trying to help. 
and you need all the help you can get since your brother's not exactly reliable. I know that's what you've been thinking. And Stefan says, you don't know anything about me. And she says, mystical connection, remember? Anyway, I don't blame you for doubting Damon. You always knew having him in your orbit might get you killed someday. Stefan says, I thought getting me killed was your department. And Raina says, I'm plagued with a responsibility. Doesn't mean I like it. She retrieves her sword and she says, you know, I actually think you're an okay person. Despite what Matt thinks, that guy really hates you. And Stefan says, yeah, I'm starting to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, he's like, it really does seem like it, considering he kind of started this all again. Yeah, it seems like he sent you after me. And it's funny because she's like, I think you're an okay person. He's like, did anyone tell you I was the Ripper of Monterey? I'm not great. He's like, I'm not going to tell you I'm not okay because you already want to kill me. I don't need to give you more ammunition. But, you know, the last thing you need to know about me is that I'm a ripper. But yeah, you, <laughs> there's some complexities in my past. I'll say that. I'll let's say that. Raina says, you know, Matt wouldn't let me out of my cell until I promised to put you back in the Hellstone. So we're just calling it whatever we want. Okay. It's like, oh, now you don't even use the right name. Okay, great. What was the point of the name then? Raina says, ouch, want to talk about it? And Stefan says, nope, got to save my battery and hangs up. <laughs> Which, fair. Why would he be on the phone with her? <laughs> it's like, I'm not pulling over for a phone charger again. <laughs> that killed me last time. Yeah. We go back over to the news station. Damon has his phone hooked up to a charger. Damon calls Enzo, and Enzo says, Ah, Damon Salvatore, a voice from the great beyond. Uh, Nora's feeding on Martel in the background. <laughs> Which, fair enough, she was hungry. Martel's already dead. Sorry, Martel. Yeah. Damon says, Well, if the great beyond is in Dallas, then yep. Enzo says, you sound a bit worse for wear, mate. And Damon says, oh, me? Never better. Listen, are you still friends with those nutjobs at the armory? And Enzo says, ever to the point. Why? What do you need? And Damon says, well, I need to set up a meet. Stefan's got Raina Cruz on his tail. He needs to come in for a landing. And Enzo says, I know just the spot. Literally. The armory uses an airfield near Dallas. I'll text you and Stefan the coordinates for the hostage exchange. Damon says, I am loving your James Bond vibe. And Enzo says, somehow I didn't miss you at all. Hangs up. Finally, Enzo Damon friendship incoming. Finally, them acting like besties again. It's been like three seasons. Literally, they haven't spoken in ages. I need this. I need them to be friends with each other. Damon picks up a capsule of some kind and says, there you are. It's like one of those vervain bullets that the armory is using. Yeah. Or that Raina was using too. Yeah. We go back to the garage and Nora says, hostage exchange? Enzo says, you want Mary Louise, Alex wants me. I dare say she'll get more than she gives. <laughs> Nora says, don't be absurd. She wants me to bring you back to the armory. And Enzo says, and you trust her? Unless you're eager for captivity or death, I advise you to do this my way. Nora says, so if the goal is to stay alive, then why draw the Huntress to our meeting place? And Enzo says, luring Raina to the airstrip makes it worth Alex's while to come out into the open. I'll tell her to bring Mary Louise, but leave her lackeys behind. Did Alex give you a phone to use? Nora hands it over, Enzo says, cheers. Nora says, why are you helping me? And Enzo says, let's just say I prefer the direct approach. He wants to talk to Alex. Yeah, because he's like, hey, girl, what the hell? He said, so I've heard of an antidote for something that you don't know I've stolen. So I've heard of an antidote for something you don't know I stole and I didn't know was poisonous. Didn't realize I needed an antidote. So I, I need to steal something else, it appears. Yeah. We go over to the armory in Mary Louise's cell. Mary Louise is reciting a poem. She says, come with me and be my love, and we will all the pleasures prove. No valleys, groves, hills and fields, woods or steepy mountain yields. Once we get back to this poem, I'm like, oh, 
these two are in danger. Yeah, you can tell where we're going pretty fast. Alex says, don't let me stop the poetry. And Mary Louise says, what well, wasn't for your entertainment? Alex says, freestyling. And Mary Louise says, no, it's obviously not. Mary Louise like, do I look like I have the mental state to freestyle a poem right now? Mary Louise says, it's one of Nora's favorite poems. She used to read it to me daily. Alex says, you know, she does care about you, evidenced by the fact that she demanded you come with me. Nora found Enzo in Dallas. Mary Louise says, all this trouble for him. And Alex says, partly for Enzo, partly for your friend, Raina Cruz. We go back to the news station. Damon is shivering from the werewolf fight. The werewolf toxin. We see someone walk in and Damon says, Raina, you're going to kick me in the face again? It's Valerie. Like, finally you got here to save him, but like, save him and go, as far as I'm concerned. Valerie says, frankly, I'd rather kick you in the face, but Stefan asked me to heal you. Damon says, now I know why Stefan digs you. You're a take charge kind of gal. Uh, No, she isn't. She never killed Julian. She didn't take charge of shit. She's not even taking charge of this. Stefan told her to do it. And she's throwing a tantrum the whole time. Yeah. She starts siphoning the werewolf toxin area. Valerie says, and you're a self-serving narcissist. If we want to start throwing around the term narcissist, girl, we can start throwing around the term narcissist. Yeah, let's let's stop throwing stuff from glass houses, queen. And it just seems like it's unclear why she hates Damon so much. Honestly, she says it's because like, he forced Stefan to do this, which he didn't do. And I, I do blame Damon for Stefan getting this scar, but let's face it, Stefan made his decisions. And what good does it do blaming Damon? She just wants to turn Stefan against Damon so bad, so he only will ever turn to her. Well, yeah, she just doesn't want anyone else out there that Stefan cares about because she knows the she knows deep down, she's convincing herself this isn't true. Yeah. But she knows deep down that the only reason Stefan has been hanging out with her all this time is because he thought he had no one else. And she doesn't want to get left. And she tells herself, like, no, like, it's better for Stefan to not be with Damon because he's selfish. She's just being selfish. Yeah. She's, um, what's the word? A bitch. I, I mean, she's projecting. There's some saying about, like, you know, looking in the mirror or something. Whatever. She's like, gotta start with the man in the mirror. The things she hates about Damon are actually things that she sees in herself. Yeah. Damon says, oh, yeah, you're also slightly domineering. Also, Stefan's type. Much better. So he's siphoned. He's cured. Valerie says, yep, had to get you healthy so we could do the transfer spell. Damon says, oh, yeah, about that. <laughs> Damon says, mm, I figured some stuff out. He says, on that topic, he sticks the vervain dart that he picked up earlier into her neck and she passes out. Good. Yeah. Again, it is his fault that Stefan got this scar. Uh, we can all say that conclusively. He shouldn't have to take this scar. Yeah. This cannot be the only solution is transferring it to Damon. Valerie, if you care so much, you take the scar. Literally. And I know she says later there's a reason that it has to go to Damon, but... But we'll see. We'll get to that when we get to that. We go to back to the Philippines two years ago. Not a fucking gun. I can't... This is just like having to watch Stefan lose his virginity. It's like, do we have to keep going back to this scene? Yeah. It's like, did we really need to make this so long? So Stefan is sitting on the beach. Valerie joins him and he says, oh, there you are. Check out this guy. And Valerie says the bartender has a theory. So Valerie does try to communicate with the bartender told her. Stefan is clearly in flirt mode here. Mm -hmm. And he knows he doesn't have to push a very far to get Valerie on board because she's been begging for this since she saw him. Yeah. And I think that Stefan is doing this because it's been a year. He's like, it's time to give up on Damon and Caroline. Yeah. It's very Stefan to put like a time constraint on something like this. Yeah. It's a bad decision. It's Stefan's decision. He's allowed to make it. But it's just you can it's clear that Stefan is he's giving up. Yeah, and not because he doesn't think they can find the answer, but because 
he doesn't want to get hurt anymore. He's like, this is what I deserve. You know what? I, maybe I could be happier somewhere else. But Valerie's here. She likes me. There are worse ways to run out the clock. This is the easy choice. Yes. So he says, oh, of course, the bartender does. You know, if there's one thing we've learned from our travels all over the world, it's that every bartender has a theory and every one of them is wrong. Now look up. She says, at what? He says, the sky. Come on, humor me. Live in the moment. That's what we're here for, right? I can't even make this sound fun. I'm so pissed off. (laughs) I'm like puking. (laughs) She looks up. She says, lovely stars. He says, they're bigger this close to the equator. She says, they're the same every place we've seen them. Girl, shut the fuck up. He's, He's trying to be romantic, and I wish he wouldn't, but you want him to be. Just say like, oh, the stars are pretty. Would it kill you? So I love that we're not that we're in nature or whatever the fuck. She says, there's Orion, Cassiopeia. Stefan says, Cassiopeia is my favorite. The voice of doom. Saw the truth when no one else did. Valerie says, you think of Cassandra. She doesn't have a constellation. He says, no, the constellation's Cassiopeia. That's what I'm saying. She says, no, it's not. And he says, yeah, it is, because I said so. And she says, you're an idiot. He says, you're right, I am. They kiss. I'm booing. I'm throwing to me. I'm blocking the the screen. screen. I'm not doing this. I'm not encouraging this. I'm not looking. I pretend I do not see it. I don't want to sound insane. I would rather watch Caroline and Laura kiss. Not by a ton. Not by a ton. Like, I don't want to see either. But if I had a gun to my head and I had to pick, I would be picking Caroline and Laura. I would rather Caroline and Matt be endgame. I would rather watch Jeremy and Bonnie that I so hated. There is no couple I hate more There is no character I hate more. We go to the present day. Stefan pulls up to the airstrip in Dallas and Alex comes out and they both walk to each other and like look at each other for a while. And then Stefan says, okay, who are you? Stefan says, fine, I'll bite. (laughs) And then Alex says, who are you? (laughs) And then Nora appears because she was, guess what, Invisiquaid. And Nora says, nobody important. She chokes Alex and says, Invisiquate. So they all disappear, leaving Stefan alone. Stefan, I know that you think there was a plan going on here. Get in the car and go. Well, yeah, or at least get in the car. Like, why are you just standing here? In an open airfield. In another part of the airport area, Nora drops Alex with Enzo and says, as requested. And Enzo says, as promised, here I am. Nora says, now where's Mary Louise? Alex says, resting in the office, Hope you remember how to drive. She has keys for Nora. And Enzo says, quick question. What about the antidote? And Alex (laughs) says, who said I had an antidote? Alex says, what are y'all talking about? (laughs) Nora says, you said you'd help Mary Louise. And Alex says, no, I was very careful about that. I said, I'd give you everything I know about the pills. Here's what I know. We tried to create an antidote and we failed. Nora, you just got shamed. Gaslighter. (laughs) <laughs> she said, I never said the word antidote. I was I was being very aware of my word choices. If you run the tape back, you'll see. And she does say, like, I'll give you everything I can to heal her. And she says, everything I know, I know we don't have an antidote. I know we couldn't figure it out. <laughs> and that's on Nora. You got to ask some questions before you agree to a favor. I think we've all we've all learned that over the years. Nora, I know you've been, you were in the prison world, but, you know, it's a tough world out there. Yeah. Enzo says, what? And Alex says, meanwhile, Mary Louise is going to be dead within the week, by the way. (laughs) She said, we've been giving her a lot of those pills. (laughs) Nora says, I'll tear your throat out. And Enzo says, no, actually, I need her first. And Alex says, hey, girl. Alex, meanwhile, not a care in the world. She's not afraid of this. 
girl boss. Because she knew she lied. She knew the reaction was coming. Yeah. But she also knows that Enzo is not going to let her get killed. So Alex isn't afraid of this. So Alex says, hey, you can stay here and yell at me if you want, but then I might not give you a car. I suggest that you go and make the most of your time your girlfriend has left. And she gives Nora the keys. And Nora goes. She accepts these terms. Yeah, Nora's like, fine. I mean, it's too late for me to do anything about it now, apparently. Mind you, Alex didn't even give her a good car. It's like an old car. (laughs) She was like, I don't know where that car's going to end up. Yeah. (laughs) Enzo says, for your sake, I hope you're lying. And Alex says, hey, why are you so interested in the pills? They're really only useful if you want to fight a witch or hide from a locator spell. And Enzo says, speak plainly. I'm not in the mood for delay. And Alex says, I know you've been raiding the armory's supplies. Figured it out after Reyna escaped. But why did you steal so many pills? Who could you have been giving them to? This question is rhetorical. uh, But Enzo doesn't pick up on that. He says, I haven't stolen anything. All right. Seems to me you've just lost track of your possessions. And Alex says, yeah, or perhaps you're lying to me. We're family, so you know I'm not an idiot. Give Bonnie Bennett my regards. And he said, now why would I do that? Enzo says, who? (laughs) So Alex seems to be under the impression that Enzo is giving these pills to Bonnie. And Alex seems to have a pretty clear idea why. Yeah, to hide her from locator spells. So why do you think Bonnie's hiding from a locator spell? Well, we know that Ermory wanted her along with Raina and they got Raina. So she was the next step. And they also happened to have two witches at that point that could potentially do a locator spell. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, Alex just, girl, you can't have everything in the world. But she wants it. We go out to... The car to a car that Damon is driving. Valerie comes to in the passenger seat. Her hands are tied with vein ropes. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. She can't be trusted. Damon says, good afternoon. This is your captain speaking. We have leveled off at our cruising altitude. Please feel free to move out the cabin unless you are tied up with vein rope. And she's like, do you have to do a bit? <laughs> he says, yeah. He's like, I do. Valerie says, hey, why did you stop me from doing the spell? Well, I think the answer is obvious. He doesn't want the fucking scar. <laughs> yeah. Damon says, I put a little spin on your plan. Valerie says, you're an ass. Oh, okay, get him. Oh, no one's ever said that to me before. Oh, no. Damon says, yeah, you're one to talk. How long did you know you could fix Stefan's problem? And she says, gulp. And that's another reason why Valerie didn't want Damon awake. She knew that he'd figure out that she could at least figure something out. She knew he'd be like, hey, it's been three years where you were looking for an answer and you couldn't find something. We've solved every issue within a season, Queen. She says... Your suggestion was news to me. And he says, that's not what I asked. How long have you known the answer? For example, my thinking was, hey, the transfer spell worked on Rick's babies. Maybe it'll work on the scar. Three whole years go by and that little concept never crossed your mind. Well, I mean, and look, I hate Valerie. Maybe you shouldn't have desiccated then, Damon. Like, Damon, you can't be mad for things that no one else thought of while you were choosing to desiccate. Now, this does imply that Valerie knows a different answer because she, she says his suggestion was news to her. So, but if only she had, you know, used that answer before he got put in a stone again. Talk about being selfish. Yeah. Damon says, if I was a betting man, which I am, I would bet that you knew about the spell all along. And rather than sharing it with my brother, you lied to him. And Valerie says, well, I never lied to him. And she said, I just got really quiet. One thing about Damon, he is going to clock Valerie's shit. Because he was the same one who's like, obviously you're the one who killed Oscar. Yeah. (laughs) 
Damon says, but you didn't tell him the truth either, did you? Because you didn't want to get rid of that scar. Because without his scar to keep him running, he could have gone back to Caroline. How insecure could you possibly be? I mean, got her. Got her good. Valerie says, all right, I lied. But I wasn't protecting myself. I was protecting him. And Damon says, by risking his life. And Valerie says, by keeping you out of it. Girl. The scar is a much more danger to his life than Damon, number mm-hmm. one. And number two, you kept his brother away to keep him with you above all else. You were not protecting him. You were sheltering him from what you decided was a danger to him, which he never got a vote in. I mean, she's justifying it, but she knows that this was selfish, which like, at least if you're going to be selfish, admit it. And she's telling herself that like, Damon is selfish, so like she doesn't have to justify herself to him. But girl, it really is insecurity talking because insecurity about Caroline, obviously fair, but that's his girlfriend. You can't even handle him hanging out with his own brother. Yeah. Like if he can't have a single person in his life and that's the only way he's with you, like why do you want that? Yeah. She thinks she can keep it up for 60 years and then whatever, she's done. And then he'll die and she'll be so happy. Yeah. Valerie says the Phoenix Scar requires a special kind of transfer. It can only go to a blood relative. Okay. Okay, let's dig up Lily's body. Yeah, does it have to? That's my question. Does it have to go on a live blood relative? Doesn't seem like it. Does it have to go on a live blood relative who is a vampire? What happens if we put it on Sarah Salvatore? Will Mm -hmm. Raina chase her or will it be moot? Yeah. Or even better, put it on Zach Salvatore, dead and human. Yeah. Cha-ching, cha-ching. It just feels like maybe let's discuss this, if that's an answer you know. Discuss this while Stefan's scar is closed up. But she didn't want to discuss it because she knew that Stefan wouldn't want to put it on Damon, although I guess now he does whatever. Yeah, well, because she's been infiltrating his brain with her snaky little behavior. Yeah, and she says, and that would have meant waking you and bringing you and all the drama you come with back into his life. First of all, if you really don't give a fuck, and if Stefan really doesn't give a fuck, You could have done this on Desiccated Damon, I assume. Or give him enough blood to like wake up but not move and tie him up and do it. It's fast. Also, you don't know for sure this is the only path because you knew this and then didn't discuss it. So there was no brainstorming about maybe there's another way, which sure, your whole thing is I don't want to wake Damon up. Stefan clearly didn't want to wake Damon up either. Or at least he was saying that. Or, I mean, at the very least, also, Valerie didn't have to just discuss this with Stefan. If she wanted to figure this out, she could have discussed this with other witches and kept it from Stefan. Still would have been fucked up. Yeah. But she could have been brainstorming on this solution rather than just sitting around and hanging out with Stefan. Because that is the thing. You heard this possibility that would make him happy, and you think you're protecting him by not including Damon. Let's pretend that's right. Let's pretend that's actually what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Then you would take that possibility and see, is there some other way we can do it without bringing Damon into the mix? Ask the same questions we just asked. Can we put it on a dead body? Can we put it on a, you know, whatever? Could we put it on like a vampire that Stefan sires? Like, is that- Is that blood relative enough? In a magic way. Like, there are a number of questions she could have tried if she really cared about Stefan. She doesn't. She only cares about herself. Well, because she knew that if she brought this up to Stefan, Stefan would say, again, I mean, not to get into Stefan's behavior at the end of this episode. Stefan would say, no, because if I give this scar to Damon, he won't get to be with Elena in 60 years. I can't take that away from him. Yeah. 
I care about him too much. So she didn't bring it up to Seven because she knew. She thought he wouldn't take it anyway, and then he'd feel bad and leave her. So then no one wins. She knew that this was the way to keep him with her. Which, if that's what you're going to do, that's fine. Because, you know, if Catherine had done something like that, she would have been like, yeah, I wanted to keep him with me. Just admit it. Just admit, yeah, I didn't want to let him go. I didn't want to see him choose you over me. Yeah. We already know that's what it is. Yeah. Valerie says, a life which he was finally thriving in without you. You call what he was doing thriving? He wasn't. He wasn't happy. He was depressed and drunk, begging to call his brother. He was not thriving with you. Yeah, he was staring at his phone, his contact list. Do you know how depressed you have to be to stare at your contact list? Not even yeah. a photo of your brother? Like, that's not doing good. Yeah. What does she think thriving is? Damon says, I get it. You think I'm a piece of crap. And by the way, I was before. And then I met a girl and she made me good. Oversimplification, whatever. And that's why I need Elena in my life. And when I get her back in my life, I will be there for Stefan. And Valerie says, the only person you ever needed was by your side all along and you abandoned him. And I do agree. Damon did abandon Stefan. Bad. And then <laughs> Valerie says, so I took your place. I took Caroline's place. I've been everything to him. You forced yourself to take those places. You didn't take Damon's place. You wanted to be the only thing Stefan has. You made it that way. You didn't become everything to Stefan. You made yourself everything to Stefan by isolating him from everyone else. And yes, Damon certainly helped by desiccating, but you never suggested let's go to Dallas. You never gave Caroline the chance. Well, if you took Damon's place, why was he so sad about Damon? If you filled that void so well that you filled the void of him and Caroline, why is he always calling them? Why does he want them back in his life so bad? I thought you covered that. Why did he answer the phone call from Caroline midway through the first ring? Because you did such a good job replacing Caroline? Nice fucking try. First of all, you can't replace people in someone's life. But even if you could, you didn't replace Caroline or Damon. So you certainly didn't replace both of them. Yeah. Damon says, sounds more like he was everything to you. And that is true because she had no other fucking person because she betrayed everyone in her life. She didn't put any work into those relationships. She thinks that somehow she can revise history by being with Stefan. The baby's not coming back. You're not getting a family by sheer force of will. Look at Enzo. Well, and in the process, the family you had has died. And you didn't cause all of those, but you did physically kill one of them. And you've been actively involved in others. Let's be so serious. And you had nothing but Stefan. So you thought the only way for it to be a strong relationship, a strong family, was if he also had nothing. How is that good? How is that caring for someone? Yes, and you spent none of this time looking for Nora or Mary Louise. You spent no time even thinking about them. And they cared about you. They protected you many times. Yes, they took care of you. They protected you. They were there for you. They were there for each other more than her, but Nora gave up Mary Louise to protect Valerie. Yes, and that's a, a big thing to do. But no, that wasn't good enough because they weren't Stefan. And she knew that if she let Stefan choose... He might choose someone other than her. Yeah, and she would rather completely take away all his choices, which is like the one thing Stefan cares about is choice. She would rather have Stefan lead a lackluster 60-year life with none of the loved ones he cares about as long as he's with her than even risk the thought that he might spend time with her and other people. She's evil. 
All right, clap if you think she should suffer. Valerie's phone rings. And Damon says, oh, I'll take that. <laughs> he answers it in Stefan. <laughs> and Damon says, hold tight, brother. This vintage beast only goes so fast. Valerie says he's refusing to participate. And Stefan says, hey, Valerie, you okay? And Damon says, she's wonderful. She's great. She's a rock. And yes, I'm fully participating. And Valerie says, yeah, by kidnapping me instead of doing the spell. And Damon says, I needed you for backup. I didn't have time to argue. Shut up. And Stefan says, you're not doing the spell? Now, the first time you even have a thought of this, get your ass in the car. Yes. <laughs> Take this call in the car. Damon says, relax. We're still going to save you. The cavalry's coming to you. We're going to take down Reyna. You're going to get your freedom. And I'm still going to get my future. And Stefan says, so you're not taking the scar. It is so rude of Stefan to expect Damon to. We already talked about this. And again, Stefan, the character we know, at least prior to Valerie's brainwashing, would never ask Damon to do this. Oh, he would never let Damon do this. Stefan, I know you want the scar gone. And I know Damon offered to take it. But be serious. You are not this mad at Damon that you would let him do this and not be with Elena. Yeah. Like, this just isn't, this isn't you, Stefan. Damon says, relax, I have a good plan. And Stefan says, answer the question, Damon. And Damon says, Stefan, listen. Stefan says, no, I want to hear you say it. You're not taking the scur. And Damon says, I have a plan. And Stefan says, you always do. All love, Stefan, all love. You know I'm going to defend Stefan to the death. Stefan, you have no plan. Without this plan that Damon has, no matter what your opinion on it, on it is, Reyna would have killed you at the news station. Yeah. Get in the car and drive. I know you're mad at Damon. Like, Damon came up with the first plan. It's unclear if he has a second plan at this point, but he's doing something besides standing in an open field (laughs) while you're being hunted. Like, I'm not trying to be mean, Stefan, because I know it's a busy day, but, like, get in a plane even. Like, I know you can't fly a plane, but get behind a bush. Like, I'm not asking that much. And I'm not even saying I I know you can't fly a plane. It seems exactly like something Stefan would do is get his pilot license. He likes shit like that. At least been on a simulator once or twice. I think you could figure it out. And worst case scenario, you crash the plane. Unless you crash into a tree straight through your heart, you'll be fine. Yeah. I just feel like it's not a good use of your time to blame Damon, but also it's completely out of character for Stefan to blame Damon. Yeah. Valerie says he never should have trusted you. And Damon says, oh, don't get me started on trust. He said, don't. Don't. Damon said, not from you. (laughs) (laughs) Stefan says, can we stay focused here? How far away? He gets that question answered before he can even ask it because he gets shot by Reyna. Yeah, again, after everyone in Visiquade, you should have gotten in the car and started making the call. I don't know what you thought was going to (laughs) happen. Like, I don't I don't want to say you deserve to get shot, but like you've been running for three years and you stood still today. I don't know. Like, what did you expect? Not saying you deserve it. But let's be serious about what's happening. Damon says, Stefan. Stefan was shot with like a crossbow stake. It it didn't hit his heart, but it's in his back. So Stefan reaches for the stake. He can't quite reach it. Reyna approaches with her sword. She grabs the phone and says, catch you later and hangs up. Yeah. Valerie says, we're too late. We're too late because of you. Um, no. (laughs) You had two whole years to address this. It's like today, sure. Damon is maybe the reason you're a little bit late. But also, you took a while to get to the news station and heal him. He couldn't get in without being healed. So, like, yes, I can see how you might want to blame Damon for today. You had two years of a solution, at least. Yeah. You cannot blame Damon wholly. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, Damon had parts to play. But if we're assigning fault, Valerie, we know where it's landing. 
Yeah. Damon says, no, we'll be there in 10 minutes. Famously, Raina takes 10 plus minutes to kill someone. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's not looking amazing. Valerie says, you're clinging to the coward's way out. These are big words from you, bitch. Yeah. When have you done anything brave in your entire life? Valerie says, this is exactly why Stefan ran. No, it's not. Uh, Damon says, I thought Stefan ran to save me from Raina. Valerie says he ran because he knew when the moment came, you'd let him down and choose yourself. That is not true. He ran because, Valerie, you told him you would go looking for a solution. You told yeah. him to run. You asked him to run. He did not run because of Damon. And also, even if Stefan thought at the last minute Damon would disappoint him, incorrect. But there's no way Stefan thought that. Like, Damon has been trying to die for Stefan for years. He, and Stefan has thought that before, and it has not stopped him from protecting Damon. Yeah. So Valerie says, you know, in his heart of hearts, that's what he thinks of you, and he's right. Now is when you prove who you really are. First of all, in his heart of hearts, that's not what Stefan thinks of him, obviously. If that was what yeah. Stefan thought in his heart of hearts, he would have killed him in season one. Yeah, you're editorializing things, girl. But, you know, Damon's been through a lot, so Damon says, okay, screw it, I'm in. I'm Damon Salvatore, I'll figure this out. Well, because I'm sure right now, too, he feels like, you know, Stefan's hurt this. We have to do this now, maybe we can find a final solution after this. Yeah. Damon unties Valerie and says, we need to draw Raina away from Stefan. Do the spell now. Valerie says, we have to pull over. No, we don't. You're not <laughs> driving. Damon says, we don't have time to pull over. Just give me the scar now. We go into like the office where Mary Louise is resting at the airfield. Nora finds Mary Louise and says, hey, Mary Louise, it's me. Mary Louise says, I'm just having a little nap. And Nora says, how are you feeling? And Mary Louise says, well, awful. I've been poisoned. Yeah, Mary Louise is like, bad, girl. Yeah, how do you think? Nora says... Alex said you're going to be just fine. I mean, you might as well. <laughs> Mary Louise says, you're a terrible liar. Nora, I'm dying. There's no antidote. Alex told me. I love Alex bringing Mary Louise to his office and being like, hey, by the way, just something I just want to get ahead of this. You know, I might have implied there's an antidote. There's not. Just so you know, I did shame Nora. Yeah. Just <laughs> so you know, Nora's about to get shamed. Gaslighter. <laughs> I shamed her. <laughs> yeah, I, I shamed her pretty hard. <laughs> Nora says, well, I don't care what she says. You know, we're going to find a way together. And Mary Louise sees the car keys and says, you're driving. I've got even less time on Earth left than I thought. Ha ha ha. Nora says, shut up. Come on. And they go. Mary Louise is limping. Not looking good. <laughs> Mary Louise, a hater till the end. Yeah. We go into Valerie and Damon's car and Valerie says, you never should have sent him there to meet her. Damon says, less blame, more magic. Go start the spell, bitch. Yeah. Like we're done with that conversation now. I asked you to do this. What else do you have to be mad at me about? Valerie starts the spell. And look, I get why this plan is what we're doing now. Damon feels guilty. But they know that Raina's with Stefan right now. If I were Raina, assuming that she feels the spell transfer, like if the scar were to get transferred, if I were Raina and the scar just got transferred from Stefan to Damon, I would just mark Stefan. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't I just do that? And then I've got <laughs> both of them. Yeah. Like, I don't know why they think that, like, the transfer is the thing to do now. I get that Valerie's being a bitch. The solution now is, like, assume that Stefan's going to be put in the stone and just get the sword and get him out. Like, yeah. I don't really know why the transfer is the thing we're doing right now. It, it feels like, at best, both of you end up murked. Yeah, because it's because Valerie just is mad at Damon and wants him to suffer. 
and she doesn't really care how it affects anyone else. Valerie wants proof that Damon is the most selfish one so that it'll take the focus away from her selfishness. Well, yeah, she wants proof that Damon won't sacrifice himself for Stefan, mm-hmm. but in doing so and being mad at him, he chose to do that. So it's like, what didn't win here, Valerie? Her point's falling apart. At the airfield, Raina says, I want to finish our conversation. Stefan says, well, I prefer our phone calls. Stefan said, can you go? Raina says, you know, it hurts me to see you like this, Stefan. It really hurts me. Because of our connection, I can feel what my targets feel. Flunky writing. (laughs) She says, like when Matt set me free at the armory, as soon as I touched my sword, I felt what it did to you. In a flashback, we see Stefan washing his face and his scar opens and he groans. And Raina says, you know, I felt your scar reopen. Right then, the smart play would have been Valerie. Get your backup girl and go on the run with her again. <laughs> She's right. She's right to call Valerie his backup girl. That's all she is. Raina, I don't support you, like, trying to kill Stefan and yeah. whatever the fuck. But I can't be mad at you either. Yeah, you mothered there. At least you hate Valerie, too. You know what? Well, you're at it. Mark her. Yeah, actually, let's mark Valerie. Transfer the skirt to Valerie. Yeah, find a way. I don't care how. Raina says, but that's not who you wanted. Not Valerie. Not even Caroline. You wanted Damon. Uh, we can see in the flashback, Stefan going to wake Damon up. Raina says, there was only one way you could talk to him. You slowed yourself down, getting your albatross out of storage. At the airfield, Raina says, you almost gave me time to catch you. Well, girl, good thing you're chatty. You caught him right now. Yeah. You haven't even killed him yet. <laughs> she says, you just had to have Damon along for the ride again. Those three years he was in the coffin, I guess that's all the enjoyment you could take. Stefan says, I didn't enjoy being a fugitive, which is funny because if you hear Valerie, you know, mention it, he was thriving at that point. Yeah. But he said he didn't enjoy it. So who's telling the truth? She loves him so much. She has no idea how he's feeling. Amazing. Raina says, yes, you did. You were happy while your brother was gone. You were happy because he was gone. And now here we are. Thanks to him. In the car, Valerie continues the spell. We see the scar start to appear on Damon at the airfield. Raina says, you can see the cause and effect, right? You can see that you're in this bind because of the dumbass mistake you made by waking Damon up. And Stefan says, why do you care about my mistakes? And Raina says, it's not me who cares. It's the Phoenix Stone. So as soon as she says this, it's like, we got to consider the source here. Well, because she's doing the same thing the Phoenix Stone is saying, like, you should kill your brother. And again, the Phoenix Stone told Damon to burn Elena. So let's remember. Yeah. We don't really want to hear from them. And Raina's like, you were happy without your brother. Raina doesn't believe that. Raina doesn't even give a fuck. The Phoenix Stone believes that. And Valerie, notice how the Phoenix Stone has the same opinion of you as you. Yeah. Interesting. I just don't think agreeing with the Phoenix Stone is being on the right side of history. Because you know what that means, Valerie? Hanging out with you is like being in hell. It certainly is watching you. (laughs) Yeah. Raina says, the Phoenix Stone's voice is in my head all the time. You have no idea how loud it is. It wants to liberate you, Stefan. It is still trying to show you the only way for you to be free is to let Damon go. Uh, She kicks Stefan to the ground and says, you ignored its wisdom before. Are you finally ready to leave Damon behind? Did today convince you? And Stefan says, if I say yes, can I not go in the stone? (laughs) She said, what do I need to say for you to not put me back in there? Because that's the one. I heard the lesson, to be sure. I, I disagreed with it, if I'm yeah. honest. But of course, there's nothing he can say to not get in the stone. She's going to put him in regardless. Uh, Stefan says, yep, today convinced me. And she says, great. 
Now remember that and use it to survive in the Hellstone this time. Again, we're just using words willy-nilly. Call it yeah, Phoenix want. Stone, Hellstone. Let's why have one name. Don't you have reverence for the name? It's like you're a stone. You're the one who keeps coming from coming back from the ashes. Anyway, Raina stabs him. He goes back into the stone. Yeah, we see the, the flow of the soul. Yeah, of course, you know, Stefan's been in there before. So, like, if it's the Jonathan again, he's like, okay, I guess I'll swim away from Damon for a while. Yeah, he's like, okay, well, I did it before. Back in the quarry. Well, and of course, in his mind, like, hopefully they'll get me out. But, like, what am I going to do right now? Yeah. In the Kura, Valerie tries to continue the spell, but the Skura starts to disappear. And Valerie says something's wrong. Damon says, why is it going away? And Valerie says, the spell is unraveling. There's no scar to transfer. And Damon says, what do you mean there's no scar to transfer? In the airfield, we see Stefan go into the stone. Raina pulls out her sword, walks off. So it's looking bad for Stefan. At least he's not murked anymore because he's in the stone. (laughs) When you would think once he gets out, the murk. Yeah, I know. That's unclear if that happens or not. Yeah, because I guess Bo was never in the stone. Well, then he got, she killed him outside the hospital. And now, so now he's in the stone. He was never in the stone until then. Yes. So the Merc doesn't put you in the stone, but it's unclear if when... If when you come out, you keep the Merc or if it's gone. Yeah, if you're... Because if if you truly do lose the Merc when you go in the stone, they should have just put him in, taken him out, killed Raina. But, you know, hindsight's 20-20. Exactly. We go over to the Mystic Falls Cemetery. Matt is there. He's listening to a voicemail from Caroline. Caroline says, hey, Matt, it's Caroline. I know there has to be a reason why you helped Raina, but I need to hear it from you. He deletes the message. He approaches a grave and he's crying. It's meant to be mysterious, but it's like, okay, show me the name. Matt says, I did it. I made Stefan pay for what he did, just like I promised you. And the gravestone says, can you believe it? Penny Aries. So Penny's dead, as we suspected. I will say the gravestone also says, beloved partner whose memory is a beacon, and then we can't see the rest. Yeah. So Matt's girlfriend is dead. Surprise, surprise. He doesn't get to be happy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Why would he? Why would he? <laughs> That's what you get for having a human girlfriend. I wonder if we'll see what happened to her. I'm sure we will. And I'm sure it's her fault. And if it's not, I'll eat crow. I don't think I'll be eating crow. Yeah, let's just say that. (laughs) I think I'm going to be on a crowless diet. I think I'm good. We go back to the airfield. Nora gets into the car with Mary Louise and says, okay, no more gloomy talk. The first thing we're going to do is get you a decent meal, something plump and juicy from the suburbs. And Mary Louise says, nothing too decadent. I'm trying to maintain my charms. And Nora says, to my eyes, you are perfect. They kiss. While they're kissing, the Phoenix Sword is thrown between them into the radio. And we see it was thrown by Raina behind the car. One thing Raina loves to do is throw this sword and then it gets away from her. Yeah, she loves this sword so much, but she's always throwing it. She's always throwing it onto a moving vehicle. Yeah. Nora drives away. Raina chases the car on foot. She's running for her life, but the car's faster. Yeah. Elsewhere at the airfield, Damon and Valerie pull up to Stefan's, you know, essentially dead body. Damon says, no, Stefan, hey. And Valerie says, okay, well, we can bring him back. We've done it before. Damon says, where's the damn sword? Yeah, he's like, how are we going to bring him back without the sword, dumbass? We go back to Nora and Mary Louise's car. Uh, They're driving. And Mary Louise says, that was an amazing escape. I take back all my insults about your driving. And Nora says, oh, my God, she'll follow us. Mary Louise says, of course she will. We have her sword. And then Mary Louise also happens to notice there's a cut on Nora's arm. So Nora has been murked. Even though it's not a full scar, it's still enough. It counts. But it was, yeah, it still touched her after Raina threw it. Mary Louise says no. Raina is approaching them in a car. She's following. Nora says, no time for gloomy talk. I've been murked by Raina Cruz. I'll be running from her for as long as I live. And Mary Louise says, no, that bitch has taken enough from us. 
Mary Louise grabs the sword and Nora says, what am I doing? Mary Louise says, one good thing with the strength I have left. She starts a spell and starts to siphon from the sword. Why didn't we do a team siphon earlier? Yeah, when you had more than like two siphons left. And basically one and a half siphons because Mary Louise yeah. is at death's door. Yeah. So why aren't we siphoning things from day one? It really is. The problem with the siphons is yeah. it's like anytime there's an issue, it's like, let's siphon that. Like, because she can siphon out the werewolf toxin, like, and she can siphon out like the desiccation, but not siphon out the vampire stuff. Like they can selectively siphon stuff in so many cases. So it's but they like, can't siphon the scar. I mean, but they can't like, they can't do anything on Raina because Raina's impervious to magic, but the sword is not. Yeah. If they can't siphon the scar or do anything to Raina, it doesn't make sense that they can siphon the sword. But whatever. whatever. I mean, that's why Julie Plex killing all of them. She's like, I can't have any more siphons. Yeah. She's like, you guys are getting away from me. She's like, I'm losing it a little bit. I'm losing the plot. She's like, I know these are my only two lesbians. I need them dead. And the thing is, when she introduced lesbians, because this show, people die regularly. Yes. And the problem with lesbians is when they're introduced, often there's a tragic ending to their story. Yes. That's a big complaint in lesbians. And I saw this coming. And honestly, I think she knew she couldn't really kill one at a time. But I also think it was somehow stupider to kill them at the same time, particularly in a fiery car crash. Like, could you have picked a more tragic death for the lesbian? It's poetic for them to die together because they're so in love. And I get that's what she's going for. But it's like, you really made the lesbians suffer a lot. Not that Bo didn't have a violent death because he did get burned, but he was dead when he was burned. They have like the most violent death. It's like, did we have to do this to the lesbians? Yeah, and after we killed the one gay guy, Luke. Oh, I was, I was like, which gay guy? <laughs> I forgot him immediately. Nora says, no, you can't like siphon the sword. It's too strong. You won't be able to. Mary Louise says, I'm not going to let her put you in this hellstone. Nora says, if you don't stop, you'll die. And Mary Louise says, I'm already dead. Mary is like, why not? Like, I'm going to die regardless. I might as well try this. Like, girl, look at me. Which is the same decision Nora makes as well. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, well, uh, odds aren't looking good right now regardless. Yeah. We go back to the airfield and Valerie says, it's my fault. And Damon says, no, this is all me. You do both share the blame here. It is Damon's fault that Stefan got murked. But Valerie is the one who wasted this safe period where Skrull was closed, not solving the problem that led us here. It's 80-20, Valerie to Damon. Yeah, I would say that too, because if Valerie wanted to solve this, she could have left Damon to die with the werewolf toxin and just gone straight to Stefan. But she didn't do that because she knew, guess what? Stefan would leave her. She's all pissed off he woke up Damon. Yeah, or she could have transferred the scar while Damon was sitting there with his werewolf bite and left him there. Or she could have transferred the scar and then healed him. Like, she gave him too much power in this. And I'm sure they tried this, but again... Try siphoning the scar. Yeah. And honestly, she could have tied Damon up. Like, why didn't she check him to make sure he wasn't going to shoot her with Vervain? Why was there Vervain dirt sitting on the ground? Come on, Valerie, think. Yeah, think a little. Damon says, I tried to have it all. Next time it'll be different. Again, you're not going to make me believe that Damon wanting to see Elena in 60 years is a selfish, awful decision. It's the only yeah. thing that drives him. Sorry, I'm supporting that. He wants to see the love of his life. I don't know why that's so fucking evil. You're not going to turn me on Damon for that. I'm a Stefan girly. I'll blame Damon for plenty of things. I'm not blaming Damon for that. Well, yeah, and I feel bad Stefan's in the crosshairs. But again, there was plenty of time where things were safe 
that we could have made some moves. And Stefan decided to go get drunk in the Philippines. Stefan, he's hurt, whatever. He has to do his Savannah thing. Valerie, work. Show that you actually care about this person by doing anything, resembling anything. Yes. We go back into the car. Nora and Mary Louise are driving. Nora puts her hand on the sword. And Mary Louise says, Nora, don't. You must live. And Nora says, there is no life without you. Mary Louise continues the spell, but Nora recites the poem from earlier. She says, come live with me and be my love, and we will all the pleasures prove that valleys, groves. We see that the siphoning, the sword, is hurting Raina in her car. Mm-hmm. At the airfield, Damon says, everything will be okay, Stefan. I'll get that stone and make this right. In the car, uh, more of the same, siphoning the spell. Uh, Nora says, or steepy mountains yield. We will sit upon the rock, seeing that shepherd flocks. I didn't hear this line of the poem. And I will make the beds of roses. Nora then swerves off the road into like an empty field. We can see the stone looks like ready to explode. Yeah. There's like cracks in it. Yeah. Nora looks to Mary Louise. She has tears of blood on her face and says, I love you. Mary Louise, also tears of blood, says, I love you. In the middle of the field, the stone explodes. And the car explodes in a huge burst of fire. And we know that burning is like how heretics die. So we can say conclusively that Nora and Mary Louise die here. I'm not going to gaslight you into thinking we'll ever see them again. They're dead. I wouldn't have thought they were going to live through that. I will say this is a pretty epic death. And I'm happy that these two get an epic death. But it is like, okay. um... It's a little goofy. Creative. I got to give them that. (laughs) Rest in peace, Nora and Mary Louise. I'll miss you, Queens. Raina sees this happen. So she screams. Yeah, because she's like, I really should have stopped throwing this sword. Yeah. Um, we can also see that she's getting like quick flashes of torture in the Phoenix Stone, like what Bonnie got when she touched it early in the season. Mm-hmm. Raina says, no. We go back to the airfield. Um, Damon <laughs> says, I'm going to save you, little brother. I promise. I promise you. And that is where we end the episode. So, of course, we see the Phoenix Stone essentially explode. What repercussions do you think this has for the souls trapped inside, namely Stefan's, and for Reyna? So, I thought there was a possibility in this episode that the souls would just kind of fly out and get back to Stefan, like the Scooby-Doo live-action movie. Yes, exactly. Potentially a wrong soul gets mixed in whenever you have to find it. But I kind of thought he would find his way back. That doesn't appear to have happened. And that's why I think there's this like purgatory space that they end up in, like something like the other side. We obviously don't have the other side anymore, but that's why I draw that parallel to Raina kind of acting like an anchor. And I think that also is mirrored in her talking about how she can feel the scars on Mm -hmm. the people she marks. Like, I think we're setting up that same kind of system that, she is kind of this go-between. I think, you know, she didn't immediately die, so that's good for her. But we know that she's drawn to Hunt because of this sword. If the sword is now, you know, kaput, like, does she still have the urge to hunt? Does she know where the souls went outside of the stone? We know she has somewhat of a fondness for Stefan. Like, I was going to say, do you think she has a mystical connection to all the souls that are now out of the stone? And do you think she can feel it wherever they are? That's a good question. Or do you think the mystical connection is severed when she puts them in the stone? I think she still has a mystical connection that's weaker. Like, I don't think she can still look through their eyes, but I think she probably knows what would happen if this stone were destroyed in some form. Like, she might not have all the answers, but she 
might have some how do you think she knew how that happened because the shamans didn't give her a lot of information when they were doing this spell but she also must feel the difference like she lost the stone at one point and it was underwater in the ocean like she didn't have access to her sword and stone for some time Mm -hmm. this time must feel different that she knows that 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 something has severed yeah so I guess, yeah, the shamans really didn't give her that much information. But I assume in that time that the stone was missing, maybe she was like looking into what happens. And also, you know, maybe Valerie and Stefan on their little journey, quote unquote, didn't figure out how to get him out. But maybe that provided some information that could, you know, be useful in what happens to these souls. So if every soul in the stone went to this purgatory area, how do you get them out of that area? How can we access it? Because... We don't really know anyone who can walk between things like that. I think that it is, you know, different than the other side. So I don't know that there's like a walking between. This is what I do want to ask you and not to interrupt, but I just want to bring this up is that when the other side came through, basically everyone could walk over and those bodies were there. Stefan's body is on the ground. Can he walk over and like reunite with his body? Like what's, you know, what's the logistics? I think it's about getting the soul back to the body. Now, whether Stefan is able to walk to it or if there's like a bridge that they have to connect, I think is the question. Uh Because the other side was just a, a veil blocking things. But that collapsed and everyone went somewhere. So there are multiple possibilities of afterlife, it appears. Yeah, wherever the wind took people. Yeah, wherever the wind went. We've discussed the wind at length, but the wind does not seem to necessarily be hell. And we can assume there's people going to peace, the people who walked into the lights. It's the light versus the wind. Light, wind, or stone are the options, it appears. Uh, But what happens when the stone is no longer an option? Can these people go to the light because they were in hell? So in theory, you would think they wouldn't be at peace. But perhaps there are people in the stone who have learned the lesson the stone wanted to teach them. So maybe the stone is like, okay, you graduate, you can go to peace. But the lesson is never like good. Yeah. So maybe peace won't let them in. Sure. Because peace has to protect its name. Sure. So let me ask you, approximately how many souls do you think are in this stone? So she was hunting from 1857 to 1903. And then she lost the stone for a bit. And then she started hunting again, whatever year it is, 2014. Sure. So that's 50-ish years. Let's say around, I'm going to say like two a year in that math. So like around 100 to 200, maybe. You think she only killed two a year? She moves fast. I know. I think it's more than that, but it's a lot of souls. My initial instinct was like 30, but then I'm thinking of the time because also she's murking people. I guess only the only people who have ever gotten out of the stone, it appears, are Julian, Damon, and Stefan. And Florence. Oh, and Florence. Joe's body. And whoever they put in Oscar. Yeah, that guy. Uh, So a few people have gotten out. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's crazy to think there would be like 500 souls in there. That would be a lot to sift through. Well, and wouldn't they then all want to get out of purgatory or like- Exactly. Well, how did they sift through souls to find Stefan and Damon when they brought them back the first time? Of course, they have to find where the souls are to then sift through them. But, you know, there must be some way to identify the souls. They had to like essentially connect the stone to their body to then bring them back yeah. to the body. So 
if the souls are in purgatory and there's like a veil, could Valerie essentially just like do a spell and hope like someone gets? Sure. The other option I'll raise, we know these souls are stored somewhere or in some place. The stone was kind of that link in that place. Sure. The stone and the sword are linked to Reyna. Maybe all the souls are in Reyna right now. Okay. So here's my other question I want to ask. We as the audience know that the stone and the sword exploded. How will Damon and Valerie find that information out? They don't know that. I bet Raina will tell them. Why would Raina tell them? She's mad it happened. I don't know. Well, why? So she's going to vent to them? She doesn't like Damon's ass. Yeah, but what else does she have to do? Like, because I think they're going to hunt her down to figure out how to save Stefan. And, you know, in their mind, she has the sword because they get there and the sword's not there. So they're going to hunt her down first and foremost. Okay. And, you know, there may be some effects on her. Like, first of all, she doesn't have the sword. So that's clue number one. But also if she is, you know, an anchor to this purgatory, if she is holding the souls within her, that either will take a toll a little bit. And, you know, maybe she'll be looking for help from a witch to improve her situation. So she may need something from Valley or a siphon. You know, she may need some siphoning. Speaking of witches, it's implied that Bonnie has been poisoned Mm -hmm. by Enzo. How do we solve that? We don't know how many of these pills Bonnie took. We don't. We don't know how many, like, constitutes a poisoning. They appear to have been giving them to Mary Louise for years and years and may have been giving her a lot more. So Mm -hmm. it may be, like, it just has to get out of her system. The other option is, like, you know, we may go the antidote route anyway, just because they couldn't figure it out right away doesn't mean they can't now. And they may also, maybe the antidote needs Bennett blood or maybe what they're working on needs Bennett blood. And that's why they're looking for Bonnie. And they just lucked out that Enzo took it and gave her the poisonous thing. Although you would think they would lock stuff up a little better considering Enzo seems to be able to get in and out of there with no issue. Well, he works there. They gave him, you know, crap launch with the fingerprint stuff. So he can get into any room. I mean, do I think that's foolish? Absolutely, but- yeah, just doesn't seem like a very secure armory. Well, yeah, <laughs> obviously. But that's that's not Enzo's fault. He's yeah. just taking advantage of it. That's just his workplace. <laughs> Do you think with the stone now exploded, what does that mean for Stefan's murk? Is the murk done? I think the murk is null and void now that the stone is gone. I think the sword doesn't have its power. And the sword maybe survived the fire, but the stone certainly exploded. Yeah. So I think if they can get Stefan back from wherever he is, we're good to kill Reyna. I also think, like I said, she's probably not going to be doing so well, so she may get killed as a result of this anyway. And who knows, maybe when she dies, all the souls are free. And then they just magically find their old bodies. And what about Bo, who got burned? That's true. That's true. But either way, I think if they can get Stefan back, the Merc won't be a concern anymore. Okay. That brings us to the end of this week's episode. As always, if you are enjoying The Vampire Diaries and or Doppelgangers, please tell your friends and give us five stars rating and review on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.